This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you ready to start attracting your ideal audience right away? Join the five-day Lead Magnet Magic Challenge today at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash magic. Say goodbye forever to struggling with lead magnets and say hello to getting your offers seen by your ideal clients. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. Hello, Paul Guyon here. I'm the Lead Machine Coach, host and creator of the Lead Machine Growth Show, the Lead Machine Coaching and Mastermind Group, Habit Force Coaching, and international best-selling author of Journeys to Success, Volume 2, and the Food to the Rescue Community Cookbook. Welcome to the show, and thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is a change of pace. We're going rogue. No, we're not protesting. We're breaking all the rules of building wealth, building a business, and building a roadmap to personal and business and financial success. Our guest today is a heart-centered female financial planner, number one best-selling author, speaker, and owner of multiple financial services businesses, and she is going rogue. Conventional wisdom about personal finance has a place, yet it isn't always the place to start and end. Her unique approach to building and preserving wealth starts with a mindset and ends with life-changing impact. So let me introduce you to Melissa Myers. She's a certified financial planner, has been in the financial services business since industry since 2000, earned the CFP planner, certified financial planner certification in 2012. She believes that everyone can benefit from a financial roadmap regardless of where you might be in the wealth spectrum. Think of her as your financial GPS. She'll help you determine where you are and where you want to be, and she'll provide the services to help you pursue your financial destination. Giving back to her community is important. So in support of the local arts, Myers served a seven-year term as a board member for the West Michigan Symphony Orchestra. I didn't know that. Additionally, she is a member of All Shores Wesleyan Church and volunteers as budget coordinator in their Good Sense program. In November 2016, she became a certified faith and finances facilitator. She is a member of the Lake Michigan Estate Planning Council, the Grand Haven Eagles, Tri-Cities Women Who Care, Women Who Care, Grand Rapids Alumni Chapter of the Delta Zeta, and serves as a board member for the Women with Knives. Wow. Glad to hear about that. <laughs> She, she is a self-proclaimed foodie, seeking fabulous restaurants, specializing in unique and amazing food, loves cooking, boating, and relaxing poolside at home with a great book, uh, maybe going rogue. She stays active by skiing, playing tennis, and attending spin class. She lives in Spring Lake, Michigan with her husband, Ryan, and their son, Brock. Melissa, welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show. Thanks yeah. for coming. Thank you, Paul. It's wonderful to be here. I've been looking forward to it. And thank you for the really nice bio introduction. I couldn't have written it better myself. <laughs> so thank you for being here again. Uh, tell us your unique story. How did you get to where you are today? Well, it's unconventional. I had no idea when I was in high school that I would be where I'm at today, doing what I do. It's kind of interesting. My son's 17 and I, it's making me go back down memory lane and, and think about my path. And the path is really one that 
totally is not linear. I knew I was college bound, but I had no idea that I would end up in financial services. But what's really funny is my senior year of high school, I actually worked in financial services. I did a co-op position at the local bank. And so half of my school day was spent working. And um, Uh here I am uh, many years later. Um, but in, you know, in high school, I, I knew I was college bound. And so I went to college and I had a heart for wanting to save the world. And I thought I was going to be a, become an environmental attorney. So my, my degree, my bachelor's degree is actually in biology, but at some point I just decided I needed a little break from school and I started working in a restaurant and it was because of one of my sorority sisters, actually, who helped me get the job and introduce, made the introductions because it's all about who you know. <laughs> that was one yeah. of my first lessons of uh, connections. So uh-huh. several years into working in the restaurant industry, one of my friends in that I worked with uh, told me she was going to apply at American Express Financial Advisors. And I asked her, well, what, what would you be doing? And she told me and I thought, Wow. Well, I could do that. I had all this confidence. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so the kind of the rest is history. You know, in college, my mom really encouraged me to get my degree because I started having some questions about if it was worth it and, you know, the time, the energy, the money. And she said that once you have your degree, nobody can take it away from you. And what I've learned is the degree opened doors and it opened the door to an interview with Morgan Stanley. And then from there, <laughs> I had a lot to learn. Good thing yeah. I'm a lifelong learner. And so um, now 23 years later, I'm still here. Wow. And so in your bio or on your website, I, I did a little bit of re- a little bit of research before, obviously, uh, I know you're big on gratitude, as we all should be. Can you share a moment of gratitude for whom or what are you most grateful? Every day for, for life and for God and for having a, a divine purpose and accountability to, to serving and giving back. But um, so that's like the big picture Thing that I'm always grateful for mm-hmm. is, is having that spiritual connection to the higher power. Um, on a day-to-day basis, I'm really grateful for my relationships. And I really try to be cognizant of spending time, connecting people, helping them. It's all, For me, it's largely about service and being able to have that opportunity. My parents are getting older and I want to be able to have as much time with them as possible and have no regrets. So I'm, I'm really grateful for the time that I have to spend with people. Right. And I agree. There's no time like the present to, to tell someone you love to forgive, to, uh, to, to keep those connections going. Uh, People, people need to be connected. And Tony and I were talking, uh, Tony Robleski and I, uh, we're on an interview uh, recently, and we are talking about how the the pandemic just so so divided us, and um, and it's great that we're back in person again, and and that we can do a lot of things have changed, obviously, but we're on camera and and on a a, a remote, you know, online connection, uh, but face to face, there's nothing that that uh, can replace that, and. Uh, so we do have to tell those people that we love them and, and show them so on, on a daily basis. Yes. Thank you for that. So getting to your book, Going Rogue, A Financial Guide for Rebels, Disruptors, and Innovators. It challenges traditional approaches to financial planning. Can you share some key principles behind your approach and how it can help coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build successful businesses? Yes. So <clears throat> I believe that at the level of, of thinking about going into a business and starting down that path, that it's really important to have your personal financial house in order. And by having a strong financial foundation personally, you can transfer those principles over to the way that you might operate your business with the financials. The 
conventional wisdom, whenever you think about getting your finances in order or just figuring out where you stand, establishing that baseline, the conventional wisdom tells you to go start a budget. Well, budgets don't work for most people, or if they are being worked, the the worker, the person creating the budget usually stops. It's not long-term sustainable. Now, your book, Going Rogue, a financial guide for rebels, disruptors, and innovators, challenges traditional approaches to financial planning. Can you share some key principles behind your approach and how it can help coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build successful businesses? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. The approach that I take is rogue. It's a little unconventional because I don't advocate starting with a budget. Conventional wisdom says whenever you're going to get your finances in order or figure out where you stand that you should run a budget. And I disagree. I think before you get to the numbers, you need to get into your head and figure out what is important to you personally. And you can apply this in your business, whatever, whatever principles you have personally, I believe that it's a strong foundation to utilize and use as a roadmap in your business. So the first three chapters of this book about financial strategies doesn't even talk about finances. It talks about your values and what's Mm. important to you. Now, I do have the best investment as a chapter in that section. However, (laughs) it's not going to give you the best stock tips of the day or how to invest in mutual funds. It's not about investing in the market. So I'll let the readers discover what the best investment is. (laughs) Okay. So, and rebels, disruptors, and innovators, obviously that's a, that's a, a metaphor for going rogue. Uh, that does sound uh, quite different. Why now? Why now did you write that book? It was a book that needed to be written because what I've discovered is that traditional financial services, they kind of have it backwards. And that's a, a bold statement to make. But, you know, when you get your licenses and, and you're going to go into business and you're going to be a financial advisor, the the whole thing is about bringing in assets or finding ways to, to sell something, be it insurance, an investment account. And what I've realized over the years, and this started way back when I when I first started, is that people really have they have a disconnect between their heart and their head when it comes to finances. Mm. Typically they try to approach things from the logical piece and they forget about the emotional piece and the emotional piece. It doesn't matter if you have a negative net worth or a positive net worth. Typically money represents security. So that's a commonality, but there's different emotions that come up from shame and guilt. Wealthy people feel guilty because they have money and you know when when you're spending and maybe accumulating debt and things are out of control and you're not really thinking about the future there's a sense of shame that you didn't do better or you didn't know better and so mm. my approach is to try to bridge the gaps between the emotions by getting into the numbers and i don't I don't know of anyone who can truly say that that they're 100% always on task with their finances. There's there's ebbs and flows and there's seasonality and so I think that even if you've got systems in place and you're on autopilot that it's really important to come back and do a deep dive and and look at the the truth about the numbers. So somebody might say, oh my goodness, yeah, I don't need a million dollars or I don't need to have a huge income. I always like to challenge that. And the challenge question is, is that actually true? Because the stronger financial foundation that you have, you can go out and you can do things like create a business and that Mm -hmm. business solves a problem. So um, the the disruption piece comes in by looking at what's already in place and then bridging the gap. And you can have a huge opportunity to serve people by filling that gap 
And that's what I've done. I have the financial, traditional financial services type business with financial planning, and we implement with investments and insurance. But the other side of it is the coaching and courses and understanding more of the basics so that there's a a foundation that is both logical, but it's also building and giving the, the, the participants a strong emotional foundation rather than a weak or negative emotional foundation. Wow. Yeah. And so you, you, you're more more focused on what their desires and hopes and dreams are and how, and how that, how the uh, ebbs and flows of their emotions might affect where they are, where they're going. And, And they may change, they may change course. They may want to have things that they hadn't thought of when they go through that. Um, when they go through that process of, of finding out who they are, where they want to be, and what they want to do with their lives, like that that uh, that band Twisted Sister had a, had a song. I want to rock. What do you want to do with your life? Uh, when you when you focus on the numbers, I agree. When you focus on the numbers, it just it's just so hard to say. Well, how do these numbers get me to where I want to be? And well, so when I- you know it, when you know when you where you're going or where you want to go, it makes that the other things fall into place. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. And I've been learning. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm an expert at all, but I'm learning about neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, uh-huh. and the concept of either we as humans tend to be away where we're moving away from a situation we don't want, or we're moving toward something we want. And when I go back and I look at how I operate, or operated, it, it tradition or historically was that I was moving away from what I what I didn't want. I didn't. I was. I did not have a good strong foundation in finances, even as a young financial planner. And I wanted to get away from debt. I wanted to give get away from living paycheck to paycheck. I wanted to get away from just impulsively spending and not really having a a plan for the future. But the the big thing was, is I started to get to the point where I thought I might lose my house because I Mm. didn't have the income and I didn't have the discipline to tell my money what to do. So I was at that point, I was moving away from what I, I didn't want, which moved me in the right direction, but I didn't set out going, oh my gosh, I want to be a millionaire and I want to run these businesses and I want to be a financial planner. I had no idea. It was like little steps that brought me to that. But now my mission is to help people get what they want in life. And that's why I love connecting people. Yeah. And so now that I know that there's a bigger purpose, it's not just goals of paying off debt or building up a net worth. Now it's purpose. And I think purpose trumps goals because it's what motivates you and keeps you going. And so, um, you know, some people can say, yeah, I want to go out and do, you know, something big. They have a great big, huge plan. But if they don't have those little steps along the way to get them there, they it's easy to fall into a victim trap or, um, or just it didn't work or whatever. You know, things were against me and I tried, but it didn't work. When, when you've got purpose behind it, it's going to get you through all of those hurdles and roadblocks because you'll find out you'll find a way. There's always got to be a better way. Yeah, there there does. You mentioned the fear of losing your losing your home. A- yeah. As a business owner, we're always when we're bootstrapping and starting up a business. A lot of times, we might have a part time job or a full time job, and we're we're starting this other venture that we want that maybe our purpose building thing in life. Uh, A lot of times we take those risks and we're in danger of, uh, and and things happen in our life. We're in danger of losing everything. And I was at that point uh, 15 or so years ago. And uh, it sounds like you might've been in the same boat. Uh, How did you overcome the, the fear and just how did you, when you're, when you're that close to losing your home, I mean, yeah. What do you do? How did, how did you overcome that? Well, this can be one of the biggest takeaways that the listeners can take from today's episode. It's to ask for help. Ah. 
you don't have to do it all on your own. You don't have to carry that burden and the weight. There's always a, there's tons of resources. The World Wide Web gives us everything we need these days, <laughs> but sometimes it's hard to muddle through what, what is out there or to figure out what to do and in what order. And what I had to do, I mean, I was at the grocery store and I was having to charge my groceries. Mm. And I remember like having the I've card in my hand at the card reader and going, Oh boy, something's got to change. And so I talked to my sister nine years younger and she showed me what her and her husband were doing with their finances. And I started doing it. And what was really interesting is that (laughs) I was then able to use what I was learning personally to help clients in, in my profession. And it's really where everything blossomed and it's the basis Mm -hmm. of how we how we serve our clients now, but you've got so that to was around. that was a turning point for you. Yeah, I had a similar turning point, and I had to ask for help as well. And it took a while. And for me, the um, the key thing was was faith. I'd found my faith after thirty eight years of being away from it. I came back to God, and. Um, that's when my life turned around. I came back to the church. I got clean and sober and uh, started working towards, I, I, I uh, released my first book, the Food, Food to the Rescue uh, cookbook, uh, which was a catalyst for where I'm at today. But that was all because of almost losing everything. And sometimes I hope our listeners don't get to that point where they're about to lose their home or their or they're in a, a bad relationship, or they're you know they they they're separated from their kids. Uh, I hope I hope they don't have to experience that, and that they don't have to hit rock bottom to uh, to be able to turn around. Uh, but having faith and persistence is an unbeatable combination. Yeah, I agree. I recently had clients who um, met with us and. I believe it was within a week later, within a week, I received an email that told us some good fortune that happened. And, I, and I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in this example multiple times. But when you start to make positive changes, make the right choices and decisions and you know, take the, the right actions, because I think your actions start in your head with your beliefs, and then you can take action. When you start to do the right things, good things start to happen. But it's a matter, yeah, like you said, it's a matter of faith. You have to release the old way and just trust that this new way is going to give you good results. And it's probably going to be results that you can't even think of in the moment. Yeah, that's, it's surprising how, how things come up and you go, wow, I didn't expect that. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Imagine that in a million years and wow. <laughs> and that's the fun stuff, right? Like yeah. the unexpected, I love surprises. So I think that, yeah, when you can have those surprises and, and see the connections and correlations that it's, it's an opportunity to, to leave a legacy, but it's an, it, leave a legacy in terms of how you're living your life on, on the day-to-day basis. Yeah. Is people will watch. By, and by your example. By yes. your example. And, yeah. you know, for, for entrepreneurs and business owners and coaches, all of, all of us, I'm going to put myself in the category of all of that. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the less risk you have in your life, the more confident and powerful of an impact that you'll make in the world. Because you're mm. not operating from a place of fear. You have confidence and we're as humans, we're attracted to confidence. I agree. So Great. I just, that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so in my work with the lead machine mastermind group and my private coaching clients with habit force coaching, I focus on the implementation of growth, business growth, enabling marketing and technology. And of course, mindset, what role does financial planning and what you're suggesting on growing a business? How can coaches uh, leverage the, um, let me rephrase that when they're growing, a lot of times they don't really have a good financial plan. So, 
So what advice could you give to a, a growing business uh, in the in their financial plan? So um, comes to mind the uh, just measuring measuring where they're going, uh, having systems in place to 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 monitor and to measure and to um, manage their cash flow. What are some some suggestions that you would give to a small growing business? I have tons of suggestions, but let's start with <laughs> <laughs> with the the first one. Going back to the personal front, I yeah. teach a tool called Sunny Day Funds. And really uh -huh. what they are is accounts, so electronic envelopes, if you will, that you put money into for upcoming expenses that you know you're going to have. For example, you know you want to go on vacation, so you put money into your sunny day fund for vacations and you set it up systematically so it just happens automatically. If you own a home, drive a vehicle, there's going to be expenses that happen where if you're breathing at some point, you might need a, a medical uh, or you might have a medical expense. So I, I encourage people to have different accounts to put money into for known and unknown expenses. And I encourage that same concept in the business world, money for taxes, because nobody wants to be in debt to Uncle Sam. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be investments that you want to make in your business. So um, a great business book that I recommend is Profit First, and it will teach people how to set up those business sunny day funds. And part of it okay. is, is being able to pay yourself from the beginning. Right. And this is important because so many times we hear business owners say, oh, I'm not investing in the market because the my business is my retirement. And that's a really dangerous place to be because there there's probably several years between where that business owner is today and when retirement, when they sell this business to collect their profit, what happens in between if they become disabled or there's, there's some COVID-19 or some other right. <laughs> disaster or pandemic that comes along that keeps them from having other options. And I think that the more options you have, the, the more secure you are are because you've got a plan to build and protect your wealth. And part of it is releasing control and, and just shaving off a little bit along the way so that you've got something else to fall back on. And it doesn't have to be securities type investments. Maybe it's a, a collection of rental properties or something else that doesn't involve your day-to-day -day attention and, and time. Um, something that can work on its own and make money for you while you're doing your thing. What else? So you got your sunny day funds, yeah. money for taxes. Remembering to diversify. Uh, diversify. Yeah. Yeah. And with, with regard to business owners and how they're, they're able to flourish. I think it goes way deeper than, than just the, the money coming in and out, but why you're doing it and, and thinking about pillars of what your business stands for, what you stand for, what your business stands for, and making sure that your team is part of the, the mission and that foundation. I believe that making, making good decisions in terms of who you bring into your organization is really important. And um, the, the support that you have, be it, and, and it might not be employees that you're bringing in, but it might be your coaches. You and I have coached, I was trying to think back when I first started working with you, mm -hmm. it's been, it's been a decade. Yeah. And you, you were the person responsible for getting me to start writing. Because really? you encouraged me to write blog posts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so see, you are... all those connections going yeah. backwards. And so and now you're I a think... number one, num number one author, best-selling author. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I acknowledge you in, in the book and the acknowledgements. So oh. yeah, thank you for, for helping me get motivated and get getting to a place where I just took the chance and I started writing and I had to get out of my comfort zone. 
And you yeah. need, as a business owner, you need people who are in your court, who are your cheerleaders and who will tell you the truth. And so that's why you need your, your financial people. And it might be the bookkeeper and the accountant and your financial planner. And you might have a financial advisor for the business and a financial advisor for your personal. Oftentimes those end up being the same, especially for small business owners. Yeah. And being willing to make those little micro adjustments with your mindset and your actions, personal or business, that's where the real transformation comes because you can't just jump light years ahead in your finances, but you can make little changes on a daily basis. Right. Now you mentioned, it was interesting. You mentioned growing a team. So what advice could you give about growing a team and what's your approach to building a team that supports your business and your financial goals and your business growth goals? The, Hmm. the, 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 thing that's going to sound a little unconventional and a little rogue is to grow your team before you quote unquote need to grow your team. Ah, I can relate. I need that right now. (laughs) And And I have that I'm building a team. Yeah. 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 You are the, the thing about hiring there's what I've learned is there's two different philosophies. Some will say hire for attitude and train the technical. Others mm-hmm. will say train the technical. And I think it has to be a combination. It has to be the right, the right attitude and mindset. It has to also be putting people in the right roles. Otherwise, they're going to be miserable. If they're if they're not operating in their zone of genius, they're not going to be as productive as they could be for the team. And when you're bootstrapping and just getting started, everybody, <laughs> you know, I was wearing all the hats in the org chart. And now I've right. been able to start you know, releasing some of my hats and and putting them on other heads. But um, if you have a team, like I love the Colby A and I love the disc profiles because it helps me focus on, I might, I had an interview, just a conversation a few weeks back and I loved this person, absolutely love them. And what they, what they didn't have is, they didn't have the things that we already have. I needed them to fill in some other areas of the team structure and they didn't have those skills or aptitudes. So there was some of the the credentials and the, the education that they didn't bring to the table. They had an awesome personality, but there's a time lag. If I was to hire that person, it's going to be years before they get to the point where I need them to be in this other area of the business. Yeah. So it's, it's, I guess that's part of it is being discerning and being able to make hard decisions like that. I agree. Uh, I, we recently hired um, at one of my, my largest clients uh, business, a, a marketing coordinator, and she had all the, all the skills. It seemed as though, and this is, this was a new position. So we weren't really sure yet what that per that role would do but we know we needed a few things some basics and and she really covered those and she had a fabulous attitude uh the problem was is that her work ethic was was not what was expected mm. and we we neglected to go over that and to say this is how your day is going to work it's going to be a little disjointed you're going to be responsible for being here to answer the phones because we don't have a receptionist and, you know, on and on and on. And so we didn't really get a perfect fit. Now that person is doing well. And uh, because she has the skills and she's got a good attitude and, uh, but there's some eff- extra effort in accountability because of uh, attendance. And, uh, you know, not everybody wants to go to work and be there from eight to five. Not everyone, people want to work remote. And, and some, and sometimes that's great. Sometimes that works out really well, especially for a small business owner or a coach who might need a um, an assistant or someone to post their, you know, manage their social media or do things like that. Um, but when you have customers coming in to your business and you have phones ringing and you've you've got to you've got a staff on site that you've got to serve, uh, it isn't isn't it isn't always the right fit to uh, to 
hire certain people, even though they might have the skills and the attitude, they might not have the work ethic, which is something that really surprised us and my client uh, that we hadn't thought of. And so the world's been a changing. Yeah. The world's a changing. And, and uh, but we still like, like you said, being a disruptor and an innovator, you've got to innovate and you've got to, uh, to work with people because there's more and more of that, um, of that desire to work, to be more flexible. And so we have to re- kind of retool our businesses and our ex- expectations on, on, uh, on how things might operate. And so sometimes that'll surprise you. Uh, but sometimes there are some, there are some nego- non-negotiables that you have Absolutely. to make sure they have to make sure that they, that you're filled. And that's your point there. You you could have hired that, that person, which would made a, made you feel good, might've had a g- great relationships, but uh, you wouldn't get the thing done. Right. The fundamentals, you've got to have the fundamentals taken care of in your business and yeah. your team has to help support those. And I think the, small business owner has a challenge in the management piece and the leadership piece. And at the beginning, that that small business owner really is wearing both of those types of hats. And it's sometimes hard to let go of the, the managerial piece and delegate that. And sometimes it, the leadership piece can get a little fuzzy as well. And the... Um, the ability to wear both hats and be receptive to feedback, I think is really important because feedback, it may or may not actually be, be true. Going back to, is this actually true, but it can help you gauge your level of performance and what your team sees you, the the light in which your team sees you. I've for about 10 years, I've once I don't do it all the time, but like once a year, I'll take my son and just like, we're in the car, we're driving, it's quiet. And I'll ask him, what could I do to be a better mom? And that's wow. a very vulnerable place to put yourself. And if you don't do that with your family, you you probably won't do it with your team. I'm going to encourage everyone listening to ask the people in their lives what they can do to be better. And you might be surprised. Maybe you're doing okay and you're just being hard on yourself, or maybe there's some real blind spots that you need to be <laughs> awakened to. You're you're right though. That that is a um I did that with my kids. Like I said, I told had alluded to before I, I was kind of in danger of losing the house. I ended up doing a short sale in the house and losing a lot in that whole thing. And and my kids, the the reason I the reason I turned my life around was because my kids, uh, because that was my purpose. I had to be a better dad, and so I actually went and took each of them to uh, a restaurant, to their favorite restaurant, and had a date with them, and asked them what I could do to be a better dad. Awesome. How am I doing? How am I doing as a father? And it was scary to ask that question, and um, but. I think they told me what they wanted to, what they wanted to, what I wanted to hear to mm-hmm. some degree. And they didn't really get the question because uh, they were kind of young, but they gave me good answers and they gave me some things to work on. And, and I'm still working on some of those things. Uh, but getting feedback from on your, your leadership and your management style uh, yeah. is, is paramount to becoming better. And we're all, I think we all should be in, in pursuit of, improving ourselves so that we can help improve others around us, especially our staff and our family, our family first, and then our, our staff and our team. So let's pause for a moment and hear a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you ready to start attracting your ideal audience right away? Join the five-day lead magnet magic challenge today at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash magic. Say goodbye forever to struggling with lead magnets and say hello to getting your offer seen by your ideal clients. We're talking with Melissa Myers about going rogue. 
some unconventional strategies for financial planning and wealth and how that relates to business owners and coaches. And uh, we were just talking about management versus leadership. Do you have any other uh, things, any other tips or advice that you, you could give us on that? On being a better, a better leadership and maybe what's the difference between being a good leader and a good manager? I believe that a manager does things right. A leader does the right things. Mm. And I had a debate with a colleague years ago about that. And they they really didn't see the difference in the two. But I, I think there is. There's always gray area. Oh, yeah. And that's what a leader can do. It, being able to wade through the gray area is a good quality of a leader because mm-hmm. there's circumstantial things that that happen and sometimes it needs to be looked at with a def- different lens and a different perspective but then okay. going back to your point about punctuality or <laughs> or something like <laughs> that like we we kind of have to show up for the things that we committed to you know and that's another thing when i was doing my book interviews I interviewed a personal trainer and I forget, I forget how we got to this, but I remember what she said that she's noticed with her clients is that people who are successful don't cancel their appointments. People who struggle financially or personally, they're the ones that don't commit and don't stay attentive to their, their commitments. They'll be the ones who cancel last minute or just no show. And that was a really interesting takeaway because it, mm. it demonstrates some principles that lead to results that you keep in honor your commitments. Exactly. People who are, people who are successful, and I, I didn't come up with this, people who are, are successful do the things that unsuccessful people aren't willing to do. Yeah. When I was studying for the CFP exam, I was, I was still working at the bank and people would ask me, well, are you going to get a raise when you get your CFP? And I said, no. And they just looked at me with this look of, and and then they would say, well, why would you do that if you're not going to get a raise? (laughs) What it's done by doing things before you have to do them, you're, you're preparing so that when the opportunity presents itself, you're ready. Yeah. So proper prior preparation opens the door to the opportunity. So you can say yes. And it prevents poor performance as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier this thing that happened. I don't know. It's, they called it the COVID-19 pandemic <laughs> and significantly impacted the, the economy and and just how we do business all over the world. Uh, businesses of all sizes have had to adjust. Um, the, the, the first word was pivot. That was the big word that everyone was, was uh, using. But what advice can you give coaches and entrepreneurs and small business owners navigating the current economic climate and for planning? There's a lot of negativity out there. If you listen to the radio, TV, you're on social media, you know, it's doom and gloom. There's a recession. The real estate market's bad. The stock market's bad. Everything's bad, bad, bad. And I don't pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't absorb it. I tend to see things as opportunity rather than the risk. So the risk is, oh my goodness, the the world's out of control. There's a recession coming. What do we do? Well, if you have a strong foundation and you know your why, you keep doing what you've always done. And maybe you accumulate a little bit extra cash or you know, you the, you build up your storehouses for when when the famine comes. But you don't have to operate out of fear. Hmm. You can operate from a position of planning for an opportunity before you need to. It's crazy the the uh, the the let's think about real estate investors. Real estate investors will hoard, quote unquote, hoard cash so that when the 
market drops and housing values go down, they can go buy a bunch of properties or, you know, mm-hmm. commercial properties, whatever. People who haven't trusted that it will be okay with the stock market, they tend not to see things the same way a real estate investor would. Mm. They, they want to sell when the market drops. If your house drops in value, you're not selling your house. Yeah. If it, so be, seeing things, seeing what others deem as a risk is really an opportunity that you just haven't been presented with. So, right. With, with every adversity, there is an, there's an opportunity. Uh, there's a like seed to... of opportunity. You just have to have to take advantage of it and plan for it. Yes. And so instead of operating from a position of fear, you can operate from a position of confidence. The more reserves, the more margin, the more wiggle room that you have, you don't have mm-hmm. to be operating from crisis. You can operate from opportunity. It's a mindset so there's a shift. Mi- there's a mindset shift in... Uh... So what other mindset things should we be aware of and should we be considering? So number one, you talked about uh, not operating from a position of fear, but uh, operating from a position of confidence. What else? What other mindset uh, advice would you give? Well, it goes back to we were talking about teams and building building out a team. Uh And it might not mean they're a W-2 employee. It might be 1099 workers who have a specialty. And doing this book, I was really, I relied so heavily on other people, which was out of my comfort zone because I'm a control freak and I like to have things (laughs) done and I like to do them right. Mm-hmm. My book is so much better. I am so proud of it. It's so much better because I used a team. There's from from the editors, and you know, I had probably ten different editors help me. But it was also the graphic designer and the cover designer and the the formatter and the the coordinator and the person helping me get it on on the web. And there was just so many components that it it wasn't because I've always kind of operated, you know, going away from things. How can I make things better? How can I get away from this place I don't want to be? And it was always how, but now it's really who, who, who is the person that is going to best accomplish this thing that needs to be done. And, and that that's a scary place to be. And sometimes we think, oh, I can't afford it. So I'll just do it myself. But what's your time worth? I, (laughs) I built a website. I learned, I actually built two websites myself. Learned a ton. And, and what, part of that was good for the reason that now I know some of that language, SEO, I know about the backlinks yeah. and, and these sorts of things. So I can have an intelligent conversation with the people who can now do it for me. Right, right, right. And, and, and my time for from a financial aspect is important, but it's also with going back to the relationships and the people in my life and, and having time to do the things that I want to do leverage a good leverage yes so you mentioned your book how, how can people get your book you can go to my website uh-huh com, and there's a link in there for books and that's that's the best way the ebook is there the print book is there and we are going to be having an audiobook release later oh. this year well great so we're starting to wrap up here. We're at the top of the hour. What question do you wish I had asked you? <laughs> um, I knew you were going to ask that. And I think you did a great job of asking me questions. Um, the I wish we had more time is what I wish. Because there's so uh-huh. many components of financial discussions that can't all be condensed down into one hour for the business owner and the individual mm-hmm. as a, as a person. So I just, I just wish you would have said, Hey, Melissa, do we have all day? We'll do an all day seminar. Well, maybe we'll have to have you come back and talk about some of those additional topics. Would you be I interested would in that? Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, what are three things our listeners can do to put these ideas into action? 
This is where you want to get a pen and paper, uh-huh. have goals, but have a purpose because your purpose will carry you through achieving your goals. Mm-hmm. That's number one, purpose. Number two is systems. I spoke about sunny day funds. I have systems in place and systems work. You just have to take a little bit of time to set them up and you'll save yourself so much time in the long run. And there's all this different types of systems that you can create from the financial piece to operations in your business. And then Mm -hmm. most important is invest in yourself. Get the people in your court on your team. That's an investment in yourself. Take time for your health, because if you don't have your health, you you don't have any. It doesn't matter how much wealth you have. Your health is your wealth. So purpose, systems, and invest in yourself. Great. Great advice. I would agree. So Melissa has offered a free gift. Uh, A free free gift is a double a double whammy. Uh, It's called Let's Get You Organized. It's a PDF you can download. it's a simple checklist in a how-to video to jumpstart your financial foundation. It's at www.melissamyersgroup slash go slash get organized. And that's Melissa Myers, M-Y-E-R-S group.com slash go slash get organized. And Melissa, thank you so much. Do you have any final words? Yes, I do actually. And I would like, if I may, offer uh-huh. an, another gift. Oh, okay. Yes. I would like to offer the listeners a free 30 minute welcome call. Okay. So anybody who might be curious if there's a way that I might, m- myself and my team might be able to, to help the welcome call is a great place to start and it's not a commitment. Just think of it as a, asking for help, asking from a place of curiosity and that's also on the website, book a welcome call at melissamyersgroup.com. Awesome. Okay. That's, again, that's www.melissamyersgroup.com. And go ahead and book that 30-minute call. Thanks so much, Melissa. Uh, and everyone, there you have it. Going Rogue, How to Build a Successful Business and Financial Plan for Coaches, Entrepreneurs, and Small Business Owners with our special guest, Melissa Myers. Uh, and remember... Faith and action go hand in hand, so put the pedal to the metal. And until next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show, I'm Paul Guyon. Thank you for tuning in to the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. And enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.